1: With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson.
0: Today on the Urban Farm podcast, we have Tony Kasowski of growkale.com to talk about his experience with growing food for people in need. Tony's current project at the St. Vincent de Paul Urban Farm is responsible for providing over 50,000 pounds of fresh produce to the needy and working homeless. He has also started a composting initiative diverting over 400,000 pounds of organic waste from the city landfills. Tony has partnered with former Maricopa County manager David Smith to, to create an agricultural division to the charity for therapeutic and vocational purposes, as well as revenue generation. Tony has worked on multiple small farms around Phoenix, ran an organic vegetable seed company, and is currently involved with consulting, designing, and building edible spaces privately. He is focused on education and the empowerment of the individual, offering horticulture classes to special need teens, recovering adults, and chronically homeless. Welcome to the show today, Tony. Hey, thanks for having me, Greg. Absolutely. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to
2: get where you're at now? Well, you know, I killed a lot of plants, is what I like to say. Uh, Um, (laughs) Heard that. No, really, really though, um, this really started as uh, myself and another gentleman in the Valley of the Sun here, Jim Dennis, uh, who was really one of my first instructors in farming. I've been volunteering with him at a local farm here um, outside of Phoenix. Him and I had seen this space and he was volunteering with some of his parishioners from his church and said, Tony, why don't you come out with me one day um, (laughs) to the garden at the Human Services Campus, which is uh, where St. Vincent de Paul has a dining room off of Ninth Avenue in Jackson. We got that garden up to a point where it was really functioning well, producing really well, and met with the current, at the time, the current Chief Operations Officer, uh, which was David Smith, and really just wondering what was next. What, what what was the next route we could take? We went over and visited a property where we're currently at, the Watkins property, which right? Is 420 West Watkins, which you were out here not too long ago. I was. And there was, a, there was a big empty parking lot, okay? So there was actually some people that had tried to start a garden here, but there was really never any follow-through. So we had, we had some materials here. We had some wood chips. We had... uh, a couple fruit trees there was two eggplants planted (laughs) um, but we really kind of had a blank slate. With the knowledge that Jim had doing agriculture here in the Valley for some time and being a farmer growing up from Michigan, uh, myself being from Michigan as well and and more Green to at, at the time had been had been working and, and planting and growing for for a few years. we took on the challenge and and started to uh, lay down mulch um, and one of the things that I was doing and still am doing was um, taking waste or, or not real waste, but organic waste from Mm -hmm. a local organic cold-pressed juice company, Kaleidoscope Juice. Oh, nice. Um, And so what we started doing was taking that juice pulp and literally just mixing it in and building garden beds out of it. Uh, because the pulp was so masticated and broken down, right. we really had about, I don't know, maybe a 20-day turnaround to where that was all really broken down after oh, nice. filling it in. So we started just planting. Uh, we kind of got to go ahead to do what we want. When we first started, everybody just thought it was kind of a cute idea. Uh, <laughs> oh, look, it, they have a little garden here. Uh, as we progressed, we've got over now, today, I would... Yes, at about over 50,000 square feet of production. So over wow. an acre in this one garden, right. plus other properties that we've taken the dive and, and started and do uh, started to uh, produce at those properties as well. Um, so uh, about, we, we started this as volunteers, Jim Dennis and myself. Uh-huh. Um, Dave Smith was the COO. Well, he was out in the garden so much, the value started to be seen as we were bringing nice. in thousands of properties pounds of produce and they moved him over to urban farm directors. So him and I partnered up and kind of took uh, a little bit larger view of what we're really where we start to really get some measurable impact um, on the community on on our needs for feeding uh, the homeless and working needy here in Phoenix and with his background in, in politics and in management uh, he was really able to kind of put together a plan with um, myself and some other members of St. Vincent de Paul that was was attainable and really um, uh, something that um, really does start to get to that impact and puts us on a track for success long term so now today uh, we're, we're continuing to grow we have uh, everything from aquaponics to hydroponics permaculture type of growing uh, organic farming container gardening, raised bed what we really want to do here is, is showcase uh, what is possible in a small urban environment mm-hmm. as far as food production goes um, and, and it's been incredible uh, not only the support we've had from from the community, but also uh, local corporations, individuals, etc., that have uh, donated and, and given us their time, money, or in-kind donations so we can really keep this going and, and continue our mission here.
0: Wow. How cool is that? So I, I want to visit one thing. You said something that you started out, you and Jim started out there as volunteers. Mm-hmm. By the way, we've had Jim on the show. Uh, already great he, yeah he's great but you started out there as volunteers and what came of it so would you kind of unpack that a little bit more because I what I really want to show our listeners out there is that this stuff happens out of a conversation and it grows from a conversation into you know what you guys are doing now so you can can you say a little bit more about that
2: Well, what what really happened was, um, you know, uh, well, there's a few things. We uh, both Jim and I were were kind of working under uh, different other farmers here in Phoenix uh-huh. um, and I think we were both ready to take the plunge into doing something on our own however didn't necessarily have the capital or resources to purchase our own land uh-huh. um, so we were really able to thankfully partner with St. Vincent de Paul and utilize their space and resources while sh- showing off some of our I guess you would say skills as and, and, and able to get back so um, we started in uh, the conversation Grew a lot via social media. Uh-huh. Uh, my background before I started farming uh, and, and consulting and whatnot, working in the food industry, was really more sales, marketing, and social media. So PR was kind of a thing that I had always done with different businesses. Uh, so I think a, a big piece of how this conversation grew was the fact that, you know, people were sitting in their nine-to-five jobs and they were seeing this. And we would, you know, I'd post a picture of broccoli and that just, <laughs> the, the the images seemed to really resonate. Um, and, and and it just continued to kind of catch on. And there was, there was a bit of a snowball effect. And then um, we started to just get more support. You know, mm-hmm. we have a, a group from... Um, a large bank or, or some type of large Automobile group Like uh, I think Larry Miller Has been out here a couple times nice. Well these people just were They were touched by it Everybody that comes into this space Is really uh, you, you just don't expect to see This much greenery This much production It's It's a very it's an energy as well that really you just can't ignore and was, was contagious. I personally got to the point where volunteering, I, I had volunteered for about a year, and I was spending over 20 hours a week there, so I just <laughs> had to kind of uh, say, hey guys, check it out, i got to pay bills too, and, and yeah. they were more than gracious and accommodating of that, uh, and, and it worked out. So Jim, I believe, Jim is now running a, a um, doing some work at the Uptown Farmers Market, right. uh, and then I'm not sure exactly what he's doing as far as growing right now but uh he's still a, a buddy of mine and we still if I ha- if I need help or have questions he's one of my first people I call because there is a lot that you know. I, I even though I'm considered somebody that's got some intelligence in the area and some experience, there's still I'm still learning every day. So we all, as the the farmers in the good fight, try and kind of keep in contact and and say, Hey, you dealing with this? You got bagrada bugs yet, or yeah. whatever it might be? You know, we we all just kind of keep in contact and 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 uh, try and share information to, to keep us above ahead of the curb there yeah you know and I, I want, what I want to point out here
0: is you're talking community you're building community you're friends with 100%. other farmers yeah so say more about that would you
2: uh, well, you know, and I, I really see Phoenix in general as a, you know, it's rising. We're just like the the, the Phoenix rising from the ashes. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had been hit really hard in uh, the the housing market, and and there was a lot of, you know, I think Maricopa County had 200,000 empty properties at one point at in one two point, 2008. Yeah, exactly. You know, but there's a lot of uh, refreshing, fresh growth. Things are, are are shifting, and so you know, you've got people like J.D. Hill. that Runs um, Recycle uh, City. Recycle City. Yourself. Yep. You know, uh, Jim Dennis, Cena, um, uh, Kasim, who does yep. the the worm. worm stuff. You know, yeah. all these people are kind of in my my circle, and we're all kind of in each other's circle. To where, you know, like when I needed a hundred fruit trees, I gave you a ring, and we it, it worked. You know, it, it took right. care of it. You know, and and there's all these kind of like Jake Mace and and Don at Seamus O'Leary's and oh, yeah. and J- Joey Mata. There's all all these kind of up-and-coming uh, growers and farmers mm-hmm. and people that really want to make an impact and see the, the true value and importance of us being more production-minded, of us being bioremediating spaces, building soil, catching water. All mm-hmm. these things are, are uh, design elements that are not really incorporated into traditional uh, architecture or design. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you start to think about it though, as you have been doing for twenty years or whatever it's been, you know, it makes sense. And I think that's really what's happening is it's coming around where people are like, hey, whatever we've been doing for the last X amount of years isn't working. We have to shift. And I think yeah. uh, the start of that shift is in food, is in building soil and, and 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 I personally believe and I believe you think the same thing is, you know, when I'm growing growing a garden, what I'm really growing is the soil and Mm -hmm. the plants are almost secondary. So when we start utilizing mulching and and using berms and swales and permaculture techniques, uh, capture sink and store water, uh, these are the things that really start to have a lasting long term and regenerative impact not only on the space but on our community because as we we permaculture spaces um, we can permaculture lives and people just start to, you know, we've had Uh, one of a number that was really pretty amazing to me is we've been working with some of the Valley's homeless uh, Uh that were our clients here and and in line getting breakfast or lunch or whatever from our soup kitchen and the, the folks that came and showed up for more than 30 days they no longer needed our services, so they were either able to find housing, find jobs, and to keep it and and, and, and my thinking on that and there's some, some psychology and science that uh, back this up is they're taking care of something again that gives them th- a uh-huh. the feeling of, of worth again, instead of just being kind of a burden on society they're out there and they're able to grow food and harvest it and tend to it and take care of it and when you're doing that you're really taking care yourself, and and I think that's a lot of what our current societally we're, we're kind of missing out on on the 9-to-5 in front of a computer every day, is that natural connection and that we are all connected and which just loops right back around to community so, you know, the more spaces that we can create like this, the more people we can turn on to gardening and farming and growing their own food, whether it's in a 5-gallon bucket or you're transforming a 20-acre orchard or beyond, you know, right? Um, all all of that is going to bring, it's, it's not only a talking point, it's a gathering point. We're becoming more self-sufficient without the corporate toxicity that's been flooding our lives for the past 60 years or whatever. So mm-hmm. All these things to me are benefits and, and one of the, the things for me is I remember sitting in my corporate type of office job and just thinking like, this can't be it, this isn't it for me. You know, <laughs> this is, uh, and, and with that being said though, I think there's a lot, you know, it, it really, it really helps the spirit, the persona, just to get out there and, and, and get your hands in the dirt a little bit. And I know you probably uh, agree with me 100% there. Yeah, I'll tell you
0: what, it is an absolutely beautiful day outside, and I've been stuck behind my desk this day, and <laughs> I, keep, I keep pining. I'm so glad tomorrow's Saturday, and I only have to teach one class, because I am heading for the yard this weekend, because it's oh, so yeah. beautiful out there. I want to get my hands dirty.
2: Well, there's a lot to do this time of year, too, especially here in the low desert. You got everything from trimming your fruit trees to planting some citrus you know start to get those tomatoes peppers eggplants zucchini in the ground all that stuff um all is good so
0: paint a picture for me because i was out to your place recently and you've done an absolutely magnificent job well thank you yeah you bet and so paint a picture of me the first day you walked on this piece of dirt first of all it's (laughs) sitting right next to a freeway right yeah, yeah, it's sitting right well, next to it. Well,
2: uh, we we walked on there, and you know, I I'm I'm quite the optimist. I'd, I'd say uh, <laughs> I'm a realist. I'm a realist, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm quite the optimist. Basically, what we it was Jim and I, mm-hmm. and uh, we had kind of uh, left the the Jackson Garden with in the hands of they had hired somebody to take care of that, uh, and and we had this new space. So I think for us it was not much more at that point than, than let's get to work because I, I think that's the most important thing is the action. Uh, there's a lot of talk sometimes and, and little action. And we just started. We You know, the, the, the my motto was do what you can with what you have. Okay. Yep. Um, and we started doing that, you know, and, and as we... Continued to grow and continued to uh, utilize the space as best we thought fit at mm-hmm. that time. We got more, and, and people started donating this or a, a, ro- uh, a tiller or um, which I don't I don't really use the tiller. We mm-hmm. did no till farming, but we'll we'll maybe use it one time to break up some hard soil. But right. just a little just a little cliff note there. <laughs> but uh, you know we just started we we started where we were and we did what we could with what we had and it just continued grow and and, you know a lot of the volunteer base was friends you know Um, it wasn't necessarily community. community exactly we cultivated not only the land but the community and, yeah. and, and the people that end up at this garden and, and work with us uh, they come back you know even the, even in August and September and July when it's literally miserable we've got volunteers out here sweating, harvesting okra, harvesting watermelon, <laughs> you know planting our fall crops right. um, whatever it might be they're out here and they're in force and we couldn't really do it without them uh, or the support of St. Vincent de Paul. Uh, the board members of St. Vincent de Paul have been incredibly supportive. Really, it's a, it's it's more. I, I might be uh, calling some shots here and there, but it's really a it's really a collaborative group effort. And everybody that really puts anything in here is just as important as the next. So nice. And and, and I can't stress that enough.
0: Fantastic. So you've you've built out this wonderful space, and you're growing food. Um, uh, so far, about 50,000 pounds. And how far are you from the kitchen?
2: More, we're over 50,000 total in the last two years. Right. Uh, 2014, we we're at 12,000. And then 2015, I think we ended up with 42 or 43. Nice. Um, I'd have to double check. Uh, I am about, I would say, maybe 700 feet nice. to the kitchen. So we literally today we had to use some big carts because we had like 300 pounds of food uh-huh. and I can't, uh, I can't muscle that <laughs> over there myself. You know, I tell people too is, you know, you could go pay to do CrossFit or just come garden with me for a day because yeah. there's definitely a lot of physical labor there. But yeah, we walk it right in. We just got a new uh, executive chef here, Chris Hoffman, uh, and he's been great. That relationship has definitely generated a lot of uh, a lot of good vibes in the kitchen because mm-hmm. when you're going to a food pantry, you're not getting you know this is this is not tea cooks or Mary Lane's or right, any exactly. of these five star restaurants we we 're doing kind of uh, we 're working with what we get and so um, for us to be able to produce you know some of the highest quality uh, vegetables grown without pesticides or without herbicides uh, chemicals in general uh-huh. um, I think that 's where we really start to impact uh, our community again is, is we 're putting healthy Healing foods into the folks that need it most. You know that they do not get that. You know you can't go and buy Whole Foods uh, spinach when you're living on. You know living on the street. street, It's just not going to happen. So and with even that, we're going to have you know higher quality produce because it's coming right out of the ground and right into the kitchen. So there's no truck. There's no sitting. Uh, Most everything is used within you know 48 hours um, at our at our uh, space here and we serve over 4200 meals a day so logistically we're we're prepared to do this this is our job is to hand out food to people now our job is just to give them better food which we're growing
0: how fantastic so st. Vincent de Paul is a food bank yes
2: uh, we are a 501c3. We are a food bank. We have a medical and dental clinic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have thrift stores that generate revenue. Right. Um, we are also a soup kitchen because soup kitchen and food bank are different. So we do hand out 20 um, pound food boxes to people. Those will have non perishables. You could also anybody can can get those. And, and if you can, if somebody on that's listening does need assistance, uh, the website is SaintVincentDePaul.net for the Phoenix and Northern Arizona areas, uh-huh. uh, and they can, they can get you connected with how to get wow. that. Um, but we also serve you know, hot meals, and we, we hand out 4,200 meals a day, and then like, our non-perishable food boxes are going to um, different parishes, and they actually distribute that. We actually also have been doing a pilot program where we're handing out CSA boxes, about 50. No uh, we did way. A, kind of a test run. So um, we're, you know, and we're, we're, we face challenges. Uh, with things like that, because mm-hmm. a lot of times um, we're giving somebody um, Swiss chard that has never seen Swiss chard before. Right. So we're we're you know and and, and I would and they're challenges. They're not are opportunities, not really obstacles. And they're right. opportunities for us to educate and teach people how what these these more nutrient dense and um, really life giving foods are, and how to prepare them, and you know how to how to get how to get your family really nourished. So do the people that are coming into your hot meal program,
0: do they know, okay. is there, do they see the connection between the garden 700 feet away and the food that's on their plate?
2: Well, yeah, you know, it's kind of flattering. I got one of the best compliments ever from uh, a gentleman that was, was obviously living out on the streets, and, and he just stopped by on the fence, and he says, man, you guys are really doing amazing work here and we're, we're, we're thankful. Um, so there's, there's a, there's a really, you know, speaking of community, there's a huge homeless community in Phoenix, Arizona, especially We're what's considered a a homeless destination. So when it's, you know, 12 degrees in Washington, they'll come down here to have a little bit less physical demanding. So it's been, it's definitely, um, talked about and known. And I think, I think it's appreciated as well. There's, there's definitely, uh, um, you know, and, and with what we've done with 50,000 pounds of food, our goal is to double that next year. Because of the size of our organization, mm-hmm. um, we—that's a drop in the bucket. It's—it's it's yeah. a lot of food, but it's not anywhere yeah. where we could be. So, what we've really been able to do, though, is set up a showcase um, to generate interest, to generate revenue, to generate in-kind donations, and to start producing on the levels that we need to to really make. That that impact that we're, we're looking to do and to really shift our uh, what we're putting out there.
0: Yeah, I've, I've always known that there needed to be that connection between, you know, basically grocery stores donating their old food to how do we create farms around the food bank. So I love, love, love
2: what you're doing. Thank you so much for that. Oh, thank you. It's it's you know, and it's it's literally my pleasure. This is <laughs> this is what keeps me. This is what keeps me sane and happy, and and able to yeah. to kind of keep going in this crazy world we mm-hmm. live in. <laughs> oh, and
0: you know, when you said that, it's like I know I, I know what you're saying there, because I do, and I'm motivated to do what I do because it's what I'm supposed to be doing, and I love it so much. So I completely and understand I, that. It, exactly, we're on the same page there. Yeah, yeah. So. Tell us more about your composting initiative. 400,000 pounds of organic
2: waste. Well, and it's it's actually far beyond that uh-huh. um, because what we've been doing, too, is utilizing yard waste that would have gone to um, the, the the landfill. And, right. And so, we, I would say we're, maybe, if we're going to incorporate all the yard waste we're doing, I'm saying 400,000 pounds of just food waste. So, wow. that's our greens. Yeah. Uh, plus... Oh, Hundreds, no, thou, I would say thousands of yard, cubic yards of mulch. So it really started, uh, I had met with, I was working for a small seed company out here in Phoenix, and I had met the girls that own Kaleidoscope Juice currently. Well, they had a company, and they were uh, also doing seed sales. Uh Anyways, long story short, they started their um, Kaleidoscope Juice, and being like-minded individuals and and green-minded, had posted something online for somebody to... Utilize all their juice pulp there because they had chickens at the time and were like, hey, our chickens are literally have juice pulp coming out of their ears. We need <laughs> a, a different chain uh, or a different way for this to to make its way back into the earth. So I started picking up the uh, buckets and I just went and got some five-gallon buckets right. and with lids. And I think the first time it was maybe two or four and then it was six... And then it really just started to hop up. I told them, hey, guys, I can do this, but we're going to have to work out some kind of, uh, you know, financial agreement to where, because I'm coming and picking up. And, right. Um, and they were all about it. So um, And that's one thing that I really can't be thankful enough for is, is the partners that saw the value in what we were doing right. up front and supported us. And a lot of times that means, you know, financially uh, is, is one of the best way you could support something like yep, this. But exactly. So we just, they kept on growing. They have five stores now, a bakery, um, a juice plant, uh, and are just continuing to grow. And I think this week we will take around 3,000 pounds of uh, organic juice pulp scrap etc and we will be utilizing that in our composting initiative here dude that's a ton and a half of food waste in a week it is and it's it's a lot (laughs) i'm glad i have volunteers (laughs) yeah no Um, kidding so beyond that, though, looking at it from you know a thirty thousand foot view, St. Vincent de Paul, we do get produce in from various oh, yeah. um, you know different different uh, retailers or donations in general. Well, a lot of that produce, the reason why we're getting it is because it's past its prime. So, uh, with our kaleidoscope juice, all of a sudden we started to realize, hey, look, this is just, again, a drop in the bucket. How can we impact better and um, not only uh, make more compost, but mitigate more landfill waste, you know, where there's there's so many benefits composting. But uh, we started to take uh, all the food waste from St. Vincent de Paul. So like today, I have a pallet of bagged lettuce. Uh that started to get a little funky because we're such a large organization anything past date we still have a liability even if we're giving it away for free Um, we have to be within those guidelines of serving food in the county in the state whatever so we get it now and we're composting that so there's an extra 2,000 pounds of food a week um, that just it doesn't make it you know it can be anything from watermelon to squash to whatever and so now we're utilizing all that and putting that Back into our compost piles, mm-hmm. and then in turn taking that high quality compost and putting it back into our garden to to build our soil and grow more healthy food right do you have chickens on site? Uh, we do not we did for a little bit, mm-hmm. but we had a uh, we had an attack and mm. we lost one of them and just we don 't really have the um, facilities yet, but we have that 's on the that's on the menu. Well, not literally. We're not going to serve chickens, <laughs> but uh, but we're what we'd like to do is something uh, like a chicken composting, uh, where we utilize a large number of chickens to uh, not only add nitrogen to our compost, turn them, but they actually get their feed out of our uh, food waste. So yeah. that's something I've done at my house, uh, smaller scale. But we're looking to kind of that's an idea for sure. Fantastic. Have to set up the uh, facilities for that. And, and you have a huge uh, aquaponics set up there. We do. Yeah, we do. We have about, I think it's 2,100, 2,700 feet. Yeah, 2,700 foot uh, hoop house that we have um, aquaponics and hydroponics operating out of. (laughs) And that is another modality for us to show off what's possible in an urban environment. You know, everybody that walks into this space, not only, they, they take something from it. Mm-hmm. And, and with that being said, everybody's different. You know, some people walk in and they say, oh, my gosh, these sunflower remind me of my grandmother's garden mm-hmm. in, in, in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Or some people go into the aquaponics and are like, wow, this is really neat. So we really want to engage everybody and, and get their, their, their minds working. And and realizing that this is not only possible to sustain, but to thrive in really any environment. I mean, we're in the desert, in the middle of South Phoenix. It's just in an old parking lot. I mean, you 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 can stack up anything against it, you know, but if you respect uh, mother nature, tend to the soil and, and, and cross your T's and dot your eyes, um, then you'll, you know, you can produce a lot of food any place really. Yeah.
0: Wow. How cool is that? So do you have any suggestions for others who might want to expand their gardening efforts to people in need?
2: You know, I would say uh, most food banks will take food. Uh, like, I know we take food from anybody, okay? Uh-huh. So, I, I know for me, uh, even in a small garden at my house, I'm always producing a bumper crop of whatever it might be at the time. You know, you can you can literally walk that over to us or drive it over to us at, at the St. Paul, DePaul, um, and, and we'll take that and we'll add that to our, you know, to our ammunition to literally mm-hmm. feed 4,200 meals a day. You know, I would also reach out to... You know, you feel free to come volunteer with us here at the St. Vincent of Nepal. I would love to see these kinds of initiatives in every food bank, um, hospitals, schools, all these public spaces that are, are you know, again, consumption, uh, we can turn to production. Um, so you know, whether that means starting a community garden at your church or, or however it goes, my whole thing is just start. Do something, and and I think that is that is the number one way to really um, get going is just just start start wherever you are with what you have whether you're growing in five gallon buckets or old raspberry containers or, or whatever it might be, um, just start you know and and I like I was saying when we started I people are like did you go to school for this and and no I didn't I I literally I I killed plants and I figured it out you know hard not there's a baby. ton of and, what? And, and you don't have to do that there's a ton of information on the internet and there's places like this where you can come and, and, and hang out for a few hours and get your hands dirty and mm-hmm. learn a thing or two about how to do this properly, in my opinion properly yeah, so. well pro- and properly for your area Yeah, so. I think so, I think we're doing a pretty good job <laughs> Yeah, perfect,
0: so you also build gardens via your growkale.com website and work with people
2: that Correct. way, can you tell us a little bit about that well, that was um, kind of a—it's kind of funny. I, I started grow kale with the idea of of actually making a uh, a, a clothing company out of it, oh, where interesting. we would sell T-shirts that say "grow kale." Uh, and attach seeds to them to the shirts as like the tag and, and people would be able to you know represent grow kale uh, and grow their own kale it turned out with the seed company I would left I was on a non-compete so I said well I probably shouldn't distribute seeds so I put an ad on Craigslist and um, just said hey do you need help with a garden vegetable garden <laughs> I had nice. gained quite a bit of, bit of knowledge from working in the valley here for a few years and just thought it was uh, time for me to be able to share that with people um my clients started to really it it started to kind of take off i didn't really do much advertising but the clients i ended up getting were fantastic and uh really really kind of were uh, a catalyst to take it to the next level Mm -hmm. um and now tomorrow like i'm saying we're planting an 84 fruit tree orchard it's going to be the chandler urban farm and community garden i think is the what it's called and that's located. You can find it on Facebook. I don't know the URL. Nice. But, um, and then now we're doing anything from Landscape design to working with uh, different educational facilities to put in sustainable projects there to um, uh, large-scale home gardens on some pretty uh, magnificent pieces of property here. And now the next step is kind of to make it a little bit more accessible to everybody. So so streamlining it a little bit and and, and uh, basically having a having a product or a something. Uh, most of the stuff. We're we're dealing with is, is really high end. And Mm -hmm. so we want to still keep the quality and integrity of our products and service or whatever, but just scale it back a little bit. So it doesn't have to necessarily be the highest quality materials or or whatever. We just can, um, cut the cost down a little bit. So we're, we're, and yeah, so that's, that's what we're working on now. Perfect. So
0: I'm going to shift on you and I want to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure and what you might've learned from it.
2: You know, I I, I, I kind of see the word fail as like a, a all-encompassing, forever done. Uh-huh. Um, so we've had a lot of hiccups. You know, I think I think it's it's all kind of it's all kind of learning. Everything still to me, uh-huh. being somebody that's kind of um, you know uh, been doing this again for a while and 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 giving advice to people um i'm always a sponge okay and 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 you know the failure can be uh we didn't harvest all our loofahs at the right time and they ended up or or we let them sit too long and they right. rotted on the ground mm-hmm. uh again there are opportunities for for learning and and there if you're a farmer there's a lot of opportunities for learning <laughs> um ongoing you know, right um, Right and and you know and it's a lot of stuff is is really just thinking it through an observation for me mm-hmm. and 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 you know like as far as major failures. I, I wouldn't say that we've really experienced any knock on wood. Um, you know, I've, I've broken a lot of water pipes and stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> digging holes and, you know, we've had issues, you know, where, where stuff happens. Uh, we'll have a pest infestation. Okay. And, and what I've learned from the, like, this is one thing that I really preach is, um, I don't try to manage that stuff anymore. So, um, I see a lot of people in their gardens, uh, um, or they're texting me or calling me saying, hey, there's a bug on my lettuce. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, your lettuce is outside. You know? <laughs> <There's bugs laughs> Exactly, there. exactly. Um, I, I, what i found is you just take care of the soil, the plants respond positively. There you go. Um, but what I do with those pests, instead of spraying them, I leave them and I create an all-you-can-eat buffet for the... Uh, predatory insects. Mm-hmm. Now, it might take a cycle or two, you know. Um, but those insects that are eating your plants, like aphids or, uh, um, you know, bad bugs as yeah. they call them, are are going to attack the plants that are are weakest or or young or old. Right. It's just like the the wolf and the deer, you know. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, you know, if you build your soil up and you really make that a priority. The plants are going to produce a natural enzyme, a natural pest control, so that when that first aphid bites there, they say, nope, this isn't the one. Yep. Um, so, you know, those are some of my thinking. As far as failures go, um, you know, I don't, I don't really see anything. I, again, I see it as an opportunity, not Perfect. really an obstacle. Perfect. What do you consider your biggest success? I would say just to say, fits into the Paul program, you know, yeah. we're, we're this is founded by myself, Jim Dennis, as volunteers. We're over two years in. We're getting, we're working on getting a 15-acre property. We just started another garden at our Mesa dining room. <laughs> we just hired somebody else for our uh, Jackson Lodestar Resource Center garden, uh, and we are making moves. We're we're applying for some serious funds for our continued success, and just in general, this project has not only, uh, I think for Phoenix, for St. Vincent de Paul, for myself, for everybody involved has really just been a lot of success and a lot, of, you know, there's a lot of pride and um, and a healthy pride because we're, right. we've really done um, taking nothing and built it into something that is, you know, it's just, uh, it's a phenomenal space. So uh, wow. we would love to have anybody out here to volunteer and you can actually do that at Saint Um we have a uh, there's if you want to volunteer you can fill it out there and just and pick the urban farm.
0: Perfect. So on a larger level, what drives you?
2: Oh man, look around. <laughs> uh, you know, for me, I just know what's right and know what's wrong. And mm-hmm. and what we're what we're doing as a society is shifting more to the right in my eyes. And and that really starts in my mind with food production and land care, land care, earth care, mm-hmm. people care. You know, um, and and that for me, it's it's there's. There's really no negatives to what we're yeah. doing here, you know. Nobody yeah. can shut us down, like because or say, "Oh, you're well." You're, no, you can't because we're doing things that are are benefiting not only the space, not only the organization, mm-hmm. not only the city, not only the community. The people there are learning, they're engaging, they're they're using critical thinking, they're breathing fresh air, getting microbiology back into their, you know. Mm-hmm. We're 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 starting at the bottom, and the, the limits are. You you know, it's limitless, really. It's there's no top to this mountain. You know, and, and and again, too. I sat behind the desk, and I, I was successful in sales and did well with that. Uh, but that's not for me. You know, oh, as, yeah. um, humans. I think we. Not that I think we're, but we're part of nature, and we've really separated ourselves uh, with the way that our, we are societally. So I think it's important for us to um, bring that back, and, and you know, we're not gonna bulldoze cities and plant, you know, plant forests, but what we can do is take the remnant space that is available and utilize that as best as we know how to not only green the space, uh, but also make some production and learning opportunities out of it. Fantastic.
0: And so I'm all about education, and I have to know: Was there one book that's been most influential in your life in around this topic?
2: I would say Gaia's Garden, G G-A-I, A I, G A I A apostrophe S Garden by mm-hmm. Toby Hemingway, um, and then also it's a little. There's two more that I'm going to just throw out there too: Please. The One Straw Revolution. Oh yes. Um, uh, and I can't say it's a Japanese guy. Yeah, no, a, I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, one up. straw revolution. And another one, too, for all you science folks out there is uh, teaming with microbes. Mm. Um, those three are probably my, my definite go-tos.
0: Nice. Nice. What f- one final piece of advice
2: do you have for our listeners? Again, I'm going to say the same thing. Again, it's just start. You know, if you start if you are looking to garden, just do it. Okay. Do like start with what you have, where you are and, and use the internet, use people. There is a ton of information out there. Just get on this wave. It's going and (laughs) it's, it's it's 100% in the last six years that I've been doing this, I would say it's, it's quadrupled at least the amount of, of people. And, and, um, this is the future. It's now, and and it it sounds cheesy, but it's 100% true. Uh, Um, Just start, you know, and and get involved um, with whatever organization or farm or whatever. And and just get your hands dirty. Put some seeds or trees in the ground. Yeah. Join the revolution. There you go. Well, thank you so much
0: for joining us on the show today and sharing your experience with us. Hey, my pleasure, Greg. Thanks a lot
2: for having me. Absolutely. and I was going to say, too, if, that, if you would like to kind of follow our adventures, um, the best way is probably uh, Instagram. Okay. I am Tony Grows Food. So Tony Grows Food on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And we're also uh, doing updates through the St. Vincent de Paul website. Again, my website also is growkale.com. There's quite a bit of visual uh, stimulation there on the, uh, with, with different foods and whatnot that we're growing here. So Fantastic.
0: Fantastic.